Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Slice of Life right here on your Saturday morning, every Saturday morning from 9 to 9.30. And thank you so much for tuning in. I hope your weekend is off to a good start. Well, as always, there's so many things going on in western New York, especially as we approach the spring and summer seasons. Doesn't it seem like there's a different event every week or a walk or a fundraising event? Well, one near and dear to my heart is the Susan G. Komen Walk. It's no longer the race for the cure, and we'll get into some of the details about that in just a moment. Later, we'll talk to some of the folks north of the border from the Sterling Inn, uh, and they're going to make a return appearance, Chef Corey among them. So I'm looking forward to that. So uh, without any further ado, it's a pleasure to welcome Andrea Moran to our airwaves here at Slice of Life. Andrea is the Senior Director of Communications and Community Engagement for the Susan G. Komen More Than Pink Walk. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning. Nice Thank to have you, so you on board. Thank you so much for having us. Ah, Thank it's you. A, it's a pleasure. And uh, your wingman here, Colleen <laughs> Savage, is with you. And Colleen has been active in the organization for many years and is the event chair. Colleen, welcome to Slice of Life. Thank so glad you. you could join us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Andrea, let me ask you about the change in the title. How did that all come about? And what's the official name now? Sure. So for 19 years, really, Western New York has celebrated Susan G. Coleman Race for the Cure. And this year, um, going into the spring of this year, we were asked, we were one of 26 cities asked to premiere uh, the Susan G. Coleman More Than Pink Walk. So Coleman nationally took a look at all of their, um, their fundraising, their education activities, and said, you know what, in order to reach our bold goal and to get to where we want to be ending breast cancer, we need to be more than pink. We've done a really, really good job of associating pink as the color with breast cancer. Everybody knows pink is for breast cancer. But in order to make the changes that we need to make to impact the lives that we need to impact, we're going to have to be more than that color. It takes going beyond that, um, going beyond registering to, to run or to walk um, and doing the, doing the fundraising that comes along with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you said about a bold goal. Colleen, what, do you, what does that mean to you? Okay, the bold goal. Now, Andrea, yes. you may have to step in here, but I know it, well, so it's Coleman, reducing mortality correct. by 50% by 2026. 26. Correct. And basically what it's looking at is at this point in time, no one should lose their life to this mm-hmm. disease. Due to organizations like Susan G. Komen. We have made so many advances in the last 30 plus years, mm-hmm. whereas it's not necessarily a death sentence now when you are diagnosed, because the earlier that you get diagnosed, the better your odds are. And that's something that Susan G. Komen has been touting forever, yes. is get screened, get your baseline, do your screenings, be aware of your body. But Really, what we're looking at is like we just don't want to see anyone losing their lives to this disease right. anymore. So that's what Susan G. Komen came out with that bold goal to reduce the mortality. I love, I and love to that me, idea. When I hear about yeah. someone losing their life, it just it breaks my heart. Yes, and so many hearts so have many been things. broken. Yeah, right. And you know, especially with metastatic cancer, it's yeah. frightening to think. It's bad enough to, to hear the words that throw fear into our hearts. Every woman's feeling, I think, is true when you hear the words breast cancer, and for some men as well. But to think then, if it goes beyond that, it's, it's yeah. just an awful, insidious mm-hmm. disease that can go to your bones, your brain, other organs. Um, we have to stop 
the metastatic breast cancer, too. I know that's a big goal for many people. Uh, and you're so right, Colleen. Early detection is key. And it sounds like a cliche, doesn't it, Andrea? It does. But it's true. If it's found early at either stage zero or one or mm-hmm. two, perhaps, it can be cured. People can go on and lead a full mm-hmm. life. Absolutely. So one in eight women in the U.S. will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. So if you just think of eight, I mean, we have um, cocktail parties smaller, you know, just wine gatherings smaller than that. Um, that could be any one of us at any given time. Um, one in eight women is a tremendous number. And younger and younger, too, yes. younger women are being diagnosed. So um, so right now, really, Coleman's stance on screening is talking with your healthcare provider. Um, they take in a number of factors, including environmental factors, family history. Um, and, and a lot of people are diagnosed with breast cancer with no family history. It's amazing to talk with people. Mm-hmm. And, and being the, in this position, you know, Last week, I talked to a number of team captains throughout our region and and throughout the state, and a lot of them said, I was diagnosed with no family history. Thank God I had gone for the screening. Thank God I found the lump myself. Thank God, you know, this or that happened, but... It's so easy to put off tests. Everybody seems busier than ever in today's day and age. But take the time to go and be tested and test yourself as well. Mm -hmm. But nothing really replaces the actual diagnostic testing that are available in so Mm -hmm. many different um, offices around western New York. The walk this year is on June 8th at Buffalo River Works, and I really love the location. Mm -hmm. I've walked at all of the locations, you know, not Delaware Park, but the Rose Garden. Uh, And uh, I think River Works is just a fun venue because you can really take in all the sites of that area that's been developed and if you haven't been in the downtown area or sort of that first ward it's amazing to see how that area has changed so dramatically so you have the sea of pink and you have all this fun architecture to take in you can smell cheerios while you're walking yeah <laughs> i always like to request that they do the very berry cheerios oh, on that day so it's kind of like the pink essence is i in like the, the way you think Colleen. <laughs> so june 8th folks mark your calendars and the start time andrew at 10 o'clock the walk kicks off at 10 o'clock but we'll get going with different festivities um around nine o'clock that morning and, and it's really um very encouraging and heartwarming to see so many people come together, whether it's people who have battled the disease or are currently doing so, families, friends, teams, work, you know, co-workers. It's a true community effort. Well, I am uh, the captain of Team Norma, and people who have listened to this show over the years know how important this is to me personally. You talked about young women being diagnosed. Uh, Norma, my sister, was diagnosed. She had just turned 48 back in 1997. And uh, two weeks after her birthday, she was diagnosed with stage three aggressive breast cancer. We had no family history at all. Uh, so she died on June 8th, mm-hmm. 1999. So it marks 20 years. It's, June 8th is always a day that's burned in my memory. And now to think that the walk is on that day makes this particular walk even more significant to me. And really what you said, Colleen, it it's mind-boggling that people can still lose their lives from this disease and i think too like we were just talking about family history i think it's a little bit of a misnomer you can uh i have a family history my mother was diagnosed when she was 42 to two years old um she's a 30 plus year survivor she was very lucky my grandmother her mother died of breast cancer we have a family history but i talked to my doctors that only increases my risk slightly just slightly over the general population so a lot of people will be like oh i don't have to get my mammogram 
no one in my family's ever had breast cancer. Right. That means you should definitely get in. There. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody should go. Yes. Get that baseline and get then that go regularly. They Even know, somebody yeah. as young as you, Andrea, have you gone yet? So no, I have not gone yet. Um and and the conversation there starts with the doctor. Yeah. Right. Um with again the mm-hmm. lifestyle choices is playing a big role into into the discussion. Other health, um other health you know, impacts, um, children, no children, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. There's a, you know, the American Cancer Society just came out with, um, with new guidelines around screening, uh, breast cancer screening and, and Coleman's position really always has been, it should be a choice between the patient and the medical doctor. Which Um, makes perfect sense because everybody's different. Everyone's different. Everyone has a different history or sometimes you don't know your history. That's right. right. What if you don't know? That's exactly right, Kelly. So all the more reason. Well, our world was rocked when Norma passed away, and then my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking, I'm doomed. And I've talked to my doctor about that, and he said that that's not necessarily the case. So I, I get screened every six months. I've mm-hmm. had three biopsies. Thank God they were all negative. Uh, and I take, you know, I, I try to take steps to stay healthy. Yeah. You can only can control what you can control. Mm-hmm. So right. I try to eat right and exercise, try to, you know, minimize yeah. stress. But... We all face those issues day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So it's so important to get the word out, to get awareness out there about this. Now, um, Andrew, I've got to ask you, the walk sure. is only a few weeks away. How's registration going? So registration, we are beyond by a couple hundred where we were at this time last year. We have surpassed the 1,000 um, registration mark. So we're really excited to see that people are accepting uh, the More Than Pink Walk. They're excited about the More Than Pink Walk. And if I could just throw in a side note um, for anybody that's like, oh, man, I used to run in that and I can't run now, what's going on here? You can absolutely still run. Um, we do get calls to the office and questions, but anybody that wants to run still can. It's just not a certified course, and there won't be an official timing. Um, but by all means, lace up your shoes and, you know, lead yeah, the if path. you need to get your in cardio that. in, you right. can still do it. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Get that pink absolutely. streak flying <laughs> down the road, right? Now, the donations help to fight breast cancer on two fronts. It's locally by funding screening, diagnostic patient care and navigator programs, especially for underserved populations. And secondly, by funding breakthrough research. And that's the one thing that's so encouraging to me that there are different um, protocols that are being used now to help folks who are fighting the disease. Colleen, do you get, as event chair, a lot of questions about whether the money stays local? Oh, absolutely. And it's one of the things I always talk to people about, because sometimes you participate in an event Mm -hmm. and you go, I really don't know where the money goes, but this one you can, we are great stewards of all the money that is donated um, through this cause. Uh, We have, we grant locally 75% of the money stays in our Western New York area and grants to local programs that address the needs that are unique to Western New York. And we look at the whole landscape, um, whether it is the rural areas, inner city, what is what is the issue that is stopping people from getting screened? Are they not educated? Where they, It's too far away. Transportation, Transportation is huge. It's yes. a huge barrier to a lot of things in this area. And so we grant programs that address those specific needs that are addressing our problems, not just what somebody 
way in Washington says, well, you should look at this. Exactly. We know yes. our own landscape, that's and we know right. how to fix it. Uh, that's, to, to piggyback off that, um, next week we're coming out with our grant awards, which um, that's the money that was raised mm-hmm. from last year's race. And we are granting $400,000 across our upstate New York affiliate. It's about 60000 more than we were able to do the prior year. Yep. We're so excited about that. Five local um, Western New York um, really program partners will be awarded that money this year. Isn't so, that exciting? Yeah. And to think that this all started with two sisters, Nancy yes. Brinker and Susan Coleman, her sister. And when Susan G. Coleman was losing her battle, her sister mm-hmm. said, you know, I will fight for you. And I think mm-hmm. she asked her, will you you know, persevere yes. on my behalf? And she was young, too, as yeah. I recall. I she think was in her 30s. I she was yeah. in her 30s. Yes. And, you know, they came from a very wealthy family. Yes, I remember and reading about them. And she was able to get the best care, and she right. still lost her battle. Right. But they looked at the people who were at the bus stops in front of the hospital and went, what about those people? Exactly. Oh, Who don't have all those options. And, and that's why we're here, to help the people who aren't as fortunate, who maybe perhaps don't have a car, can't get to that screening or don't understand the paperwork that goes along with right. a diagnosis. There are any number yeah. of barriers that we can help break through. And really, the test itself, at just a few seconds of discomfort, it's nothing. I mean, as women, we're used to a lot of yeah. pain, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. the test is uh, is very easy. Um, and I'm just blown away by the $400,000 plus that you're awarding to 13 organizations across the upstate area. Mm-hmm, correct. Kudos to you. How do you determine, Andrea, who gets what? Is it a matter of uh, who you identify as the greatest need? There's actually a, a review panel um, that volunteers their time to go through all of the applications and they rate them on a, on a system. Um, really, they look at who is going to help us get to that bold goal, who is going to help us reduce the morta- mortality rate by 50%, and you know what organizations can we partner with and able to reach that goal. You know, we can't discount how important social media is mm-hmm. in this quest, mm-hmm. Colleen, because even for Team Norma, if you'd like to donate, you can go right to my Facebook page yeah. and donate. And I see so many people using social media as another avenue to bring funds in. They really, We really make it easy for you. A lot of people shy away from fundraising, but when you register online, it, it, the, the system kind of prompts you and says, do you want to share this? And you just click Yes. And guess what? It's on your Facebook page. And next thing you know, you're getting little notifications going, right. somebody <laughs> donated or yay. or And, and the money, you, you don't even realize it starts coming How in. Fast. And people, yes. because everybody has been touched by breast cancer in some way. So they mm-hmm. see it. So and no doubt. And even if it's $10, $20, it all helps you make your little goal that you've set for yourself. Absolutely. And yeah. if you work at a place where you're fortunate enough to get matching funds, you mm-hmm. can always, you know, do your donations and get corporate matching or matching funds from your from your employer. It it all adds up, and you, before you know it, you could be up to that thousand dollar level and be in the right. Promise Society. I, I get yeah, and I get a little thrill every time I right. see a donation. It's like oh, another one came in. Yeah, it's like a little adrenaline boost. Yes, and I, I think it can't be overlooked just that Komen is um is has always been a grassroots organization. Yeah. So it's team captains like you telling your story, like Colleen, mm-hmm. you know, talking about her mom and her grandma. Um, it's those things, and and the small things add up. And we've always prided ourselves. Yeah, it, as that. well you should. It's uh, mm-hmm. I'm really impressed with the organization and the amount of work it takes and the volunteers mm-hmm. that come 
um, and, and your major sponsors, you would not be able to do it. You know, it's such a oh, cliche, yeah. but it's so true. Yeah. WGRZ, Colleen, WGRZ, where you work. Yes. Wegmans, Roswell Park, Great Lakes Cancer Care, Geico. Is it the Nyaset Corporation? Mm-hmm. Yes, the Niagara yeah. Falls. They're awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. Did we overlook anybody? No, there are so many great partners and, and yes. people to thank. Um, we're, we're blessed with partners that come back year after year mm-hmm. and new ones as well. So. Yeah, and it's those team captains. I think really the team captains and the teams that get involved and, you know, some of them, I think last year, one of them had a garage sale. Yes, like, and raised $40,000. 40000 <laughs> Wow. Come on. It's just creative yeah. thinking, too, I isn't know. it? And it it's is. fun. Yeah. And the event itself is fun. I love seeing how people are decked out oh, in various the forms t-shirts of t-shirts are the best. Aren't they? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and the groups that come together. And, yeah. you know, and you see people literally of all ages, from mm-hmm. infants to, you know, yeah. grandmothers and grandfathers. So, ladies, I uh, I salute you with a big pink salute for everything you do. Colleen Nosavich, who is the event chair, and Andrea Moran, who is the senior director of communications and community engagement. Susan G. Coleman, more than pink. Mark your calendars, June 8th. And if you want to donate to Team Norma, please call me. I'd really appreciate it. I'm shilling shamelessly. <laughs> Ladies, thanks a million. Thank you Thank so much, you. Brenda. We'll be back right after this. It's post time. It's the 145th run for the Roses at the Kentucky Derby on Saturday, May 4th. Advance wagering available on Friday, May 3rd. Watch, wager, and win on BataviaBets.com at your local OTB or area easy bets like Matt's News in Dunkirk or Pages in Depew. Visit WesternOTB.com to find the location near you. You can also wager at Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel with over 800 gaming machines and an on site hotel. Just off Thruway Exit 48, Batavia. Batavia Downs is more, lots more. Are you a fan of succulent hand-carved beef and turkey? Do you like having fish fries available every day? Then come experience fresh, scratch-made favorites at the historic Glen Park Tavern in the heart of Williamsville. The Glen Park Tavern's hand-carved beef and turkey are available in-house or for parties as well. Enjoy a delicious selection of hearty salads, sides, and soups seven days a week. Visit the Glen Park Tavern on Main near Cayuga in Williamsville. It's not just a meal, it's an experience. If you have news about the latest happenings around the Buffalo Niagara region, contact Brenda during the week at 843-0651. That's 843-0651. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostess, Brenda Alacy. And welcome back to Slice of Life on this Saturday morning. Thanks to Kevin Carr for pushing all the right buttons for us week in and week out. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome back Chef Corey Linkson. And Corey has been at the Sterling Inn and AG-inspired cuisine for 11 years. And as he told me, that's a lifetime in his business. And we're happy to welcome him back to the show. Good morning, Corey. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to see you. And for the first time, Lisa McDonald is here, and she is the GM of this beautiful property north of the border. Lisa, I'm so glad you could make it over and uh, appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me as well. Uh, It's a pleasure. So let's talk a little about Sterling Inn and Spa Highlights. Uh, you're in some pretty good company here. Number one at, uh, from TripAdvisor, one of the top 25 romantic hotels in Canada, and the only one in Ontario. That's pretty lofty company that you find yourself in. 
We're doing well. And uh, I mean, the team that we have at the property um, uh, says it all. I mean, we work so hard day in and day out to create romantic experiences for our guests. Um, I have to say, I mean, our team is just phenomenal. And uh, we owe a lot of our um, awards and uh, accolades to them. So uh, it's been a great ride and we're continuing to work hard. Lisa, when you talk about a boutique property, what do you mean by that exactly? I think boutique, uh, it, it all stems down to the details and the ability to really focus on the details. So whether it's, um, you know, partnering with a local company to bring in bath bombs and stour, or shower steamers and uh, just things that no other cookie cutter kind of branded hotel can offer, we have the ability to do it all and um, really just focus on those finer details. Uh, it's amazing and uh, we love what we do every day. And you can tell I've had the uh, pleasure of staying there a bunch of us from work here at Intercom went a few women and we did a girls night weekend and it was absolutely wonderful uh it was the best sleep I had in years the bed I don't know what you did to the bed but whatever you're doing keep it up the room had a fireplace it was spacious yes there was uh, a little kitchen area I mean it was just you could almost live in there imagine the price in New York City for that they would probably be about six grand a month for (laughs) and it was so comfortable and lovely and it's a quick trip over the border it's Uh, very quick we're so close to everything very much our property it's such a great location too you're off the beaten path a little bit but still within walking distance to everything um it's it's nice and quiet which a lot of people that are looking for that little getaway away from um you know the hustle and bustle of life it's it's a nice getaway for everyone there was part of the charm too it was Mm -hmm. quiet it was solitude and yet there were all the amenities nearby absolutely what's the actual street address lisa 5195 magdalen street uh again right in the heart of niagara falls easy enough to find and if you google sterling inn and spa it'll pop up and um, Chef Corey, you know, without a wonderful restaurant, it just wouldn't be the same at the Sterling Inn. And you are at the helm of that for more than a decade, as you said. When you talk about uh, true farm to table, that's what you do every day, right? You walk that walk every day. Yes, um, we live that, to be honest. Uh, we have a farm, so we grow everything from seed. Um, this farm also has beekeeping on it. So it, not only does it pollinate our crops, but it pollinates uh, the other crops in the area. Uh, so it's part of one of those things where you can give back to the community. Um, so this, uh, this food comes daily uh, in the morning. It comes to the restaurant, and by the nighttime, it's on your plate. And that's really the cornerstone of what we do. Essentially, we let the ingredients guide us where we're going, because typically day-to-day, you're not really sure what ingredients you have until you're at the farm and you see what's there. Is that what keeps it fresh, no pun intended, for you day in and day out? I think that's it. You know, uh, it's it's never the same day twice, and you never know what you're doing. So it's always fresh and creative, and as long as you're working with great ingredients, you can't go wrong. Yeah, it's kind of like working in radio, where it changes every day, and <laughs> there's a certain yeah. consistency to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what you're getting into to some degree, but to have that kind of... Um, I guess, you know, flavor and interest. It's really fun to experience that um, day to day. So some of your key uh, dishes, what would you say, Chef? Are there signature dishes, for example, that you kind of tout? There is only one. Uh, It's been on the menu since we opened. Uh, It does fluctuate tiny bit seasonally, obviously. Uh, It's our beef tenderloin, uh, an almond brie crust on top of it. Uh, And right now we have uh, rhubarb and red wine jus served with that. Wow. Uh, most of the dishes change uh, consistently, so we're changing the menu week over week over week. We're changing, and that's what keeps it fresh for the guests as well as the people that work there. So the cooks and the restaurant staff are really sort of dialed in because everything is just 
fresh to them as well. Right. And you, know, you mentioned, for example, rhubarb. Now, that's not something you see a whole lot on different menus. And I kind of think of that as more of a fall vegetable. Do you find that that's not the case? It's more of a spring vegetable? It is, right. It's just coming on now. Uh-huh. Uh, so hothouse right now is coming on and a little more Sundays, and we'll be getting the field rhubarb as well. And it's really a short season, so you might have... 30 days. Right, right. Yeah, I guess you have to really take advantage of the crops that are at the ready. Mm -hmm. And is it literally like right, as you said, Corey, the the farm is right there. So do you you walk out and decide, okay, I'm going to pick this today and pick that and then sort of guide the menu around that? It's not that close, but I'm there every day. Uh So the idea is that uh, we're sort of building terroir for the restaurant. So I have the farm, I have the bees. uh, So that means honey and honeycomb as well, bee pollen and the restaurant all in the same city. Uh, so I know that's, um, that's a wine term, uh, but really the terroir is that this is Niagara today. You know, you, you might not be able to get this tomorrow if those ingredients aren't ready. So mm-hmm. it, it is just Niagara today. Is that what separates you, for example, from other um, wonderful restaurants that you would find in the Niagara region, whether it's on this side of the border or across the border? I think so. Uh, static menus yes. um, that run for a year or two at a time. Uh, and that's that's what's different with us is that we're just consistently changing and we're f- reflecting the season. So if it's a late season for a vegetable, you get it for a short time. And that's just the way it is this year. Well, we've got uh, in the house today, Chef Corey Linkson and Lisa McDonald, the GM of the Sterling Inn and Spa. And Chef Corey is the executive chef. Is that what it says on your business card, Jeff? That is correct. When <laughs> uh, you mentioned about terroir, which makes me think about wine, what are the VQA wines? Are those uh, special to the Niagara region? Yes. So it's, it's only the Niagara region. Um, all of our wines are VQA, which is another unusual aspect of the restaurant. Right. So 100% VQA wine list. Um, means that we support local agriculture, not just on the plate, but in the glass as well. I see. I should say specific to the region. So when I think about wine from uh, that area, it it always seems like it would be sweet, like ice wines and Mm -hmm. so forth. Do you Mm -hmm. have other types of wines, perhaps for somebody like me that likes dry red? Yep, absolutely. So the the wineries are growing um, varieties that that are common to every part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in a cooler climate, so some of the things we do best are certainly ice wine is probably the most well-known, but Chardonnays um, and Rieslings as well. So there's other growing countries in the world that have cool climates as well, and, and they sort of exceed in those styles. You know, Lisa, it strikes me that with such an accomplished chef in the house <laughs> and all of these other amenities, what comes first? It's kind of like the chicken and the egg, I think. Is it because people will come and eat at the... Um, at the restaurant and then say, gee, maybe we should stay here? Or is it the other way around? Once they're staying at your place, they then discover the quality food and decide to even go for dinner every now and then. It's a little bit of both. Uh, We complement each other very well. So, um, you know, there's new guests that are coming in because we are in the top, uh, we're the top hotel in Niagara Falls. Uh, So they see that and they want to visit and then they see the restaurant and they say, you know, absolutely, we need to have this experience. But then, you know, Chef also has a following where there's people that are coming to just have his cuisine and we complement that experience as well. So um, it works both ways and it works well. Chef has a following right here at Endercamp Buffalo. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) People knew him right away as soon as he walked in the door. Um, Corey, but what about the concept of a hotel restaurant where it might have sort of a negative connotation? Do you have to overcome that? Every day. Yeah. Every day. Uh, We've treated the restaurant uh, not like a hotel restaurant, but as a standalone. 
So we have our own entrance. If you see any marketing out there for us, it doesn't mention uh, the hotel. So the hotel's logo isn't in it. It just looks like a standalone restaurant. Right, I see. That's a good idea, Lisa. I think Absolutely. you're not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes, but well, at the same time, you don't want them to have this sort of automatic negative connotation to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when it comes to breakfast in bed and things like that, that yes. it's available all the time, right, yes. at the hotel? Every, uh, every guest that stays with us gets to enjoy breakfast in bed delivered right to their door with a smile in the morning at whatever time they would like. That is uh, a, a definitely a favorite amongst our oh, guests. Yeah. Yes. I remember trying to figure out what I wanted to check yes. off. And, oh, this is such a treat. <laughs> Do you oversee that as well? Yes, it comes out of the same kitchen. That's wow. right. Wow. Yeah. So uh, you're not working, I hope, morning till night, Corey. <laughs> but you do you design what options we, might be available for breakfast? That's mm-hmm. correct, yes. Gotcha. Okay. Do you see a trend towards healthier eating? Perhaps maybe steel-cut oatmeal rather than a big, heavy omelet, for instance, or crepes? We sure do. We sure do. And, and there's lots of people that um, are vegan and vegetarian yes. as well. So we accommodate everybody. Our style of cooking lends itself to that because... Um, uh, we don't pre-cook anything. We wait till people come in and order it so we can adjust on the fly. And you can't get much fresher than that. Absolutely. First of all, from the farm and then right in the uh, kitchen itself where mm-hmm. you're doing it from scratch. Folks, uh, I salute you for having such a fine property, uh, both the property itself and the wonderful food coming from Chef Corey's Kitchen. Thanks for taking the time to come and visit with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Chef Corey Linkson and Lisa McDonald, GM of the Sterling Inn, And don't miss the restaurant. It's AG-inspired cuisine, and it truly is a gold standard. That'll put a wrap on this edition of the show. Until next time, thanks for carving out a slice with me. Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520.